My name is Angela. And my name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Welcome! Welcome to episode four. That was really loud. Welcome. I'm very sorry about no, that. Okay. I'm so excited. excited. You guys, this is a special episode. We are in San, San Diego. Diego. <laughs> Sunny San Diego. Yes. We are on a little momcation. I love momcation. I don't know what to do with myself. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, Angela, I, I'm away from my kids a little bit more I think because I work away from them yes but poor Angela I'm a Saham I stay at home with the kids and she's like I don't know what to do I'm like this is the best thing enjoy it I know but it's it's like I feel like Ricky Bobby and they're like I what don't do I do know with what my, to hands? Do with my hands <laughs> but it's day two and we're I think settling in we're yes we're settling in and of course you know we have to do a podcast because you guys San Diego is full of ominous things so many ominous and we're things we're gonna talk about one of them today in the podcast so, so exciting yeah so we went on a tour last night and we're gonna talk a little bit about it but Angela did a bunch of research about the specific tour that she's going to bring it all down for you guys. Yes. So I'm going to be doing story time today. Yay. And Nicole is going to be talking about cross stitch, our first cross stitch episode. Woohoo. Get your cross stitch pants on. <laughs> I love how we always have to wear pants. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Travel pants. Travel pants. Cross stitch, cross -stitch pants. pants. <laughs> Dancing pants. I love it. I got my pants on. I got wide wide leg pants on today. All right. So what have we been doing since we've been in sunny San Diego? We have been Ubering everywhere. <laughs> Ubering everywhere. We took a train to get here. We um, hooray for the Surfliner. Yeah, that was the best thing. I you loved guys, it. So on the train, we had some celebrities. Yes, I was so excited. Yes, who did we see, Nicole? We saw Zoe Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel and her boyfriend, Jonathan Scott. Yay. Yay. Yeah, I recognized her kind of because they were both wearing masks. And then I saw him and I was like, oh, that's totally yeah, that's them. Yeah, totally them. It was so cute. I like wanted to just walk by and sing, who's that girl? <laughs> it's just... But you know, we didn't. We were respectful. I sh we you let should them have saying that would have been fun. But, oh, but no, no. I were too I'm nervous. Sure she to gets do. that all of the time. I wonder. And she, you know, I I think they just want to be people on a train. And yeah. Just let them ride. Yeah. And that was really cool. It was so cool to see them on the train, and and we were definitely doing little happy dances yes. every time they walked by us. Uh huh. <laughs> or I'd like peek through because I could see them at the end of the train. I was like, oh, there they are. There they are. They're still yeah. there. But yeah, that was that was the best because uh, driving to San Diego from Los Angeles, if you've ever done that, it's a nightmare, and especially on a Friday, it would have taken us probably four hours at least yes but sitting in traffic annoyed and being grumpy one of us being grumpy yes. while the other one is trying to keep the other one from yes. not being grumpy <laughs> exactly and then this train ride was like maybe two hours more and it was so relaxing I got I got a nap I in know. you guys we got naps it yes. was awesome and they we, gave us snacks they gave us free snacks free drinks it was that was the coolest thing ride so the train people it's ride fun. the train it was very uh, romantic, I felt like. And <laughs> just that whole like, oh, look, and you see the beach and you see like everything on the way there and you, you can actually look out the window. So yeah. 
that was really fun. It was great. Um, but yeah, and, and we got to our hotel and we got to settle in and we're right on the beach. Yes. Down by the beach. Down by the beach. So then we we settled in and we did our tour. We got into um, the old San Diego. Old town old San town. Diego. Yeah. yeah. And it was so fun and to see so much historic things in San Diego. I've, I mean, I've been here before and you have too, but yes. to do this together and to actually be kind of ghost hunting yeah yeah that our was our first time ghost hunting yeah one so, of many i'm sure yes this is this is our first of many adventures that we're going to kick off together yay so let's go ahead and dive in yes. you've got some stitches for us what are we stitching all right so we're gonna go get some cross stitching done so let's get stitching So cross stitch lovers. I'm so excited. I've never cross stitched before. This is my first time. I'm so excited for you because you're going to find out, as I've mentioned probably a couple times before, this is really easy <laughs> compared to crocheting. Okay. Now, note, guys, I am not a pro. I've been doing cross stitching maybe for three or four years now. I really got into it when the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. um, but I really love it because it, in a way it's like cross stitching. Once you kind of get your pattern in front of you and you know what you're doing, you can watch TV, which that's what I do. I multitask when I uh, or do listen my, to your favorite podcast. or listen. And I do that actually. You're right. I do that more often because my kids are around and I don't want them like watching TV with me because usually it's like horror stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm listening to my horror podcasts. Um, or true crime podcasts and so they're doing their homework and I'm sitting on the couch with them and if they need help I'm right there and then I can come back to my gray cross stitching. So today I'm just going to talk a little bit of my favorite things or some kind of tips for what I've found out so far and you know please feel free to share your tips because I would love to know extra little things here and there that would make my life easier when I'm doing this. Okay? Yes we love learning. Yeah and just a heads up so for Angela I got her a little gift. You guys, she's so cute. She always gives me little <laughs> gifts. And I'm like, why? Stop it. Don't oh, give me gifts. Because that's my favorite. It makes, makes me happy. So um, I found her, and it's Amazon. I found her a, just a big, a, a little starter kit. And it's really cute. It's tiny. And it's like, mm, what do you say? Like three or four inches of this little hoop. Yeah, it's a little four inch hoop. Yeah. And it comes with everything. It comes with the Ida. Um, oh, four inches. Perfect. Yeah. It comes with the Ida fabric. And it comes with the thread. And you you're going to find these anywhere. Amazon's just easy for me because it's, you know, free shipping and it's it's quick. It's so cute. It's a happy camper. Yeah. So for her, I, I just set her up because she can do this anytime. And it's it's got the instructions. It has all the thread. Like I said, it has a needle and super easy. So uh, I always recommend if you haven't cross stitched yet, just find a kit and it'll give you get you started and it's going to be super easy and you're going to fall in love. But for me now in my few years, you know, I started that with finding kits on Amazon, then I jumped to Etsy, which is awesome place. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I found downloadable patterns. So, I'm sure for crocheting it's easy because you find that everything's easy and and 
cheap right or just free for yeah etsy also has a lot of really great crochet patterns too oh, i've downloaded some from there yes. yeah yeah so i just found um I, I spent you know three or four dollars finding these downloadable patterns and um started um purchasing all of my kits and things or the thread and that i need and the hard part that with these downloadable etsy ones is the right colored threads it's very specific and these patterns are like this is this color you need. Well, you're doing very intricate patterns at this point that have a lot of color variation, a lot of shading. Yeah, yeah. And well, the, the, I mean, the other ones were like just simple, but still couldn't find the, the right colors. It was the hardest part. So I, what I would do is I'd go to the store and I would find the closest. And for us, I know Lionheart was your like yes. go-to, right? Yes. DMC obviously is the one that we use for cross-stitching. But what I did when I first started was I'd just find a color that was similar to mm -hmm. DMC. The problem with that, and I'm sure you guys know, is that it would tangle easier than mm. the DMC. So it just depends what brand you like, right? And then what else I found was in working now with the store called Millions of Stitches on Etsy. I'm gonna do some shout outs here. Nice. Yeah, so Millions of Stitches, if you can't find your thread in Joanne Fabrics or Michaels or whatnot, they actually, you can request certain specific colors and then they'll send them to you. And oh, it's cheap too. Yeah. yeah, so I love that. So if you ever get more into cross stitch, Angela, okay. I will show you where that is. And it's amazing. And they, they sent me exactly the colors I needed for my current project because I will talk about it right Oh my now. gosh, her current <laughs> project. It's going to be beautiful, but wow. Oh yes. Okay, so what happened was I stumbled upon this really cool place. It's called www.stitchboard.com. So it's a place where a lot of people go to, to find cross-stitching and talk about it and stuff. But they actually, you can upload a photo and then they will provide you the exact pattern for it. And they give you the info for the fabric and they give you all the colors that you need. And it's so cool and it's accurate. It's I was a little skeptical at first because the photo I uploaded was one of my husband's photos of Funko Pops. You know that. Yes, yes. I do. <laughs> They're so cute. He's so artsy with it too. They're always like really neat. Yes. Yeah. He's got a photographer's eye, but he loves his toys. Yes. So we put them together. And oh, he loves the Funkos. Yeah. Well, we all have our passion, right? Yes. So um, so for a gift for him, I uploaded a photo of one of our um, his Funko Pop photos. And it is insane, guys. I had to buy uh, over 130 different reds. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> DMC floss. Oh, my gosh. And spent like $70 just on this one thing. But it's going to be worth it. It's a gift. And it's going to take me a year. And I will definitely upload photos of what's going on with this. But some tips for this. Okay, guys. So fabric. I didn't know Ada fabric. And you're going to know this before me. There's different sizes, guys. <laughs> I don't oh. Know so like yours, it'll show it. But yeah, mine looks like it's bigger than yours. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So different sizes. So a 14 Ada. Um, Ada size is going to be larger 16 to 18 it's the squares per like inch yes that? so it's going to be smaller so I'm going smaller because I need it to fit this fabric that I bought from Amazon and that's really neat I was like I didn't know that didn't realize and I was all my downloadable patterns even sh tell you like oh you can do it this size and yes yeah, sorry Angela it's okay. she pulled her well you guys will hear she pulled her <laughs> mic away I get excited and I'm like don't think about my mic placement we're not in our normal location yes. so now we have to think about microphone placement sorry <laughs> it's okay okay so yeah so I found the you know I, I'm doing a bigger ADA 
pattern so that it's smaller, um, if that makes sense. And then with this project, it's a big picture. So I actually used pencil and I drew on my fabric so that it, it could give me guide. See that? Yes. Yeah. She had to. It's a it's a huge it's project. Huge. But it's very detailed with lots and lots of little colors and yes. little X's. So she got really smart and broke the grid down a little bit more so it's more workable. Yes. Yeah. And it's so much easier that way without having to eyeball my yeah. squares. It's like how a muralist will exactly work break in it down into squares. Break it down. Yeah. And that's what it is. And these I've got like eight nine pat pages of pattern here. So that's what I'm <laughs> I'm on page two out of nine. But I've I've finished I I'm kind of working around because when you first cross stitch and you'll know you go right from the middle you'll fold your fabric and go right from the middle that's the easiest way to start and that's the best. okay yeah so you'll see that not like crocheting where you just start start with that one line no it's mm -hmm. right in the middle of your fabric so that's my ada fabric i have over 130 things a couple other tips for this usually you use a circle for your frame Yes, the hoop. Stitch. Yeah, the hoop. For this pattern, it's square. And I actually found a cool plastic frame that's a square frame that clips on. And it's so much easier to handle. It's a little bigger. Again, I'll link where I found it. But I love this because it's just I can move it around easier than the hoop. It's not giving me a round edge when I take it off. So yes, it's so much nicer. Yeah, that? yeah. The last tip I have for the cross stitching for this is that every time I would do these big projects, my first big project, which I'll uh, link a photo to it in our social media, was Baby Yoda. Oh, yeah, Baby Yoda. it was the cutest thing. And I found that from Etsy again, Nikki pattern from Etsy. But it was huge. And I was using a hoop and it was like hard. And, and that one at least was round, but the fabric would fray the oh, edges. Yes. Uh -huh. You see that? So it would fray. And I was like freaking out. And thankfully, it was like small enough that my the edges I didn't have to worry about so much. So I found a tip where if you use painter's tape mm -hmm. and you just tape those edges you're not going to have any fraying and at the end of the day when you're finished with your project anyway you're going to wash the fabric okay. so the pencil the tape the dirty little stains here and there that I've had because I pick it up and put it down all the time those will go away eventually so don't worry about it don't be scared if it looks a little dirty and rough around the edges what I do is I just fill my sink with water and some dish soap and a uh -huh. little tiny laundry soap and I mix it all up and I just let my fabric sit in there Oh, okay. and I just let it soak and then I clean it really well rinse it really well and it just comes out brand new oh nice so there you go that's an excellent tip yeah so it's gonna get dirty I mean wash your hands obviously before you start but you're gonna get a little bit dirty it's cool you might you know if you have a dog like me dog comes up and rubs up against yes. things you know and you might have some dog hairs in it too so dog hair yep so <laughs> wash it out so like I said with Angela's it's a four inch square she can pick it up and drop it anytime she wants and it's going to be fine and then she'll finish she'll wash it and she can actually put it in her hoop the hardest part for me I think is putting the felt fabric in the back if you want to hang it that gets a little trickier if someone else has you know help with that that's awesome I don't know how to work a what's it called sewing machine so <laughs> I don't what's it called what's it called I can't work a sewing machine though for the life of me. I have to learn, but that would be probably the easiest if you knew how to do that to get that felt back on. But anyway, um, that's the hardest part. But yeah, overall, I love these cross stitching projects. I'll show you my current one. My husband's not going to listen to this. I'm going to make him not because 
it's going to ruin his gift for Christmas. I'm yes. not going to be done until Christmas, guys. I, I started this in January. Yes, you did. But you made a lot of progress, though. I have. It's getting along. And with yeah. kids and a full-time job. Yeah. This is my side my side project. Yes. Besides our podcasting. Yes. So um, enjoy. I hope you guys love cross-stitching as much as I do. I probably won't be back talking about it too much um, unless I start new projects. But like I said, I'm going to link all the, my pictures of my previous projects onto Instagram. I wanted to do a shout out one more time though. Cross Stitching Lovers and Nikki Pattern. Those are my two Etsy downloadables that I love so much uh, so far. I purchased patterns from them. And I think that's it. Okay. And one more time, what is the website that you uploaded your photo on? Yes. www.stitchboard, stitchboard.com. But there are so, I was looking this up. There mm-hmm. are so many websites that you can do this with for free uploads. Oh, that's awesome. I love that it's it's building and mm-hmm. it's cross stitches taking off. Remember our old like old, old granny lady, things yes. that everyone loves now. And yes. it's so fun. I have one of my other favorite ones that I sent somebody is says treat yourself and I, love, I, love <laughs> I love that one that. yeah I'll put a p- picture Yay, of parks and rec yeah <laughs> so enjoy uh but please always feel free to share your tips I will even shout you out if you have some really cool ones and let us know and now it is story time story time Okay, guys, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, we are on location in San Diego and we happen to be where the most haunted house in America is. I didn't know that. I that was a really big surprise for me. There's so many haunted houses in America. There are so many haunted houses. But they claim to be the most haunted. The most haunted house in America. You guys, we went to the Whaley house last night. It was so exciting. Okay, so we're going to talk about the Whaley's, the Whaley House, and all of the residents that still live within the walls of the Whaley House. Let's get it. All right. So I would like to first introduce you guys to the Whaley family. Thomas Whaley is our patriarch of this family. He's the one that built this house. But I'm going to give you a little background information on him and the family. So he came to California around 1849 during the gold rush. And he sailed from New York all the way around South America, right? Oh, did he? Yes. Because it's connected. Yes. The oh, Panama wow. Can- Canal wasn't there. Wow. So he sailed from New York all the way around South America and back, back up. up to San Francisco. Whoa. With a bunch of wares to sell to miners. That so must he must have came- taken forever. <laughs> it did take forever. <laughs> I'm sure. And that's like determination that he wanted to make a name for himself. So he set up a store in San Francisco with a partner, George Wardle, where he sold hardware and woodwork from his family's New York business. The New York business was called Pie and Whaley. Oh, I like that. And is um, it like pie pies? No, (laughs) P-Y-E. That's we'll we'll talk about who the pies are. (laughs) We'll talk about who the pies are in just a second. But Pie and Whaley was his family store. And so he came out west to set up a name for himself and also sell wares to the miners. Question. Um, yes. Did he, when he set the store up, 
did he like send everything from New York or do you think he, he... brought it with him? Wow. On, on that ship. On that ship. That's that is why so he amazing. came all the way around. South. So he can have everything with yeah, him. Yes. So he okay. can sell everything from his family store and set it up in San Francisco. Cool. So a little more background on him. He was born on October 5th in 1823 <gasps> so he's a little libra with yes, me yes like you yes two days before my birthday i'm october 7th not 1823 <laughs> i'm wow you aged than... gracefully <laughs> and some other interesting facts i found out about him is that his family immigrated to the u.s in 1722 and they immigrated to plymouth and his great-grandfather Alexander Whaley was a gunsmith and he participated in the Boston Tea Party and he provided lodging and muskets to George Washington and the Revolutionary War troops under wow. his... That's so yeah. cool. Isn't that That cool? lineage, yeah. So they have deep roots yes. in, in America. Okay. So Thomas's father, who was also Thomas... Oh, another so Thomas. a lot of Thomases here, married Rachel Pye. Oh. And they formed Pie and Whaley. There's a pie pants. Yes. So there's, <laughs> there's the pies. <laughs> so that's that's the family store, Pie okay. and Whaley. Got it. So in 1849, he set up a shop in San Francisco and was selling to the miners. Unfortunately, in 1851, an arson set fire. <gasps> burned down his store in no. San Francisco. I know. So bad luck. That's sad. So under the encouragement of another business associate of his, he decided to relocate to San Diego, which brings us here. And he set up many businesses with multiple partners in San Diego. And he made enough money to return to New York to marry his sweetheart, Aww. Anna Eloise de Launay, Aww. in 1853. So he married Anna in 1853. That's really sweet. He and came back and married her. He Yes. He earned enough money, made a name for himself, set up his life, and then went back to New York to marry her. How determined is right. that? Wow. That's like a real stand-up guy. He's yes. like, I'm going to make sure that I can provide yeah. for my sweetheart and then bring her. Got a plan and yes. action. Good for him. So he married uh, Anna Eloise de Launay, and she is of French descent. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Great. Yes, okay. which comes into play in the house because she, well, we'll talk about that. Okay, we'll get But to it that. does come into play in the house. Trying to jump around here. Yes. So they got married in 1853, and in 1855, they moved back to San Diego, and mm -hmm. they, they built their dream home. So they built San it Diego. from scratch. They built it from scratch. So they had, they wound up having six children. That's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. Uh. <laughs> I know, I can't even imagine. Can't think i have three that's enough for me but they have they had six children francis hinton thomas who at 18 months old did pass away of scarlet fever which we'll talk about again Aww. in a minute anna amelia george hayes ringold violet eloise and corinne lillian those are their six children wow so in 1855 they decided to build their dream house in San Diego mm -hmm. in the middle of what we call Old Town San Diego. But it was definitely in the middle of town because it was very important for Thomas to, if he's going to be a business owner, he needs to be part of the community and ah, focus on that. Okay. So the way that they set up the house is they lived upstairs and they had a general store 
downstairs Got it. in the house. The house was completed in 1857. They started in 1855. They, they moved to San Diego in 1855. Oh, okay. They purchased the land. But on May 6, 1856, he began construction wow. of the house. So one year, yes, roughly. Yes, it took a year. Okay. And this is a quote from Thomas. He says, my new house, when completed, will be the handsomest, most comfortable, and convenient place in town or within 150 miles of here. So he was very confident that oh. this was going to be the best. the best house and the place for everyone to gather. Oh, and the a, shindigs to a, happen. Yes, a pillar of the community, a center for the Look community. Look at that. So he was a socialite, too. He, he, was, he knew the importance of being a businessman and having strong ties to the community. Okay. Networking. Networking, yes. <laughs> that was him. So it is a two-story Greek revival designed house, and it was designed by Whaley, and he used bricks from his own brickyard to build ah. the house. So it is a red brick house it is and it's beautiful yeah so I mean, so he, those are bricks are original everything's original on that frame yes okay yes so it was the first of its kind and it cost more than ten thousand dollars to build when completed so i did a little research in today's dollars that's about three hundred and seventy five thousand give or take that's so awesome yes so that's how much it costs for that house it is furnished with mahogany and rosewood furniture that's so gorgeous i love that beautiful brussels carpets mm -hmm. and damask drapes and it also has very beautiful foiled wallpaper yes it's very shiny i couldn't stop looking at the wallpaper it's night. so pretty <laughs> I couldn't stop it was so gorgeous and where the french element comes to play is that there's a lot of fleur-de-lis on the wallpaper yes and that's ah. to reflect anna's french heritage that makes sense. It was praised as the first of its kind and finest home in Southern California. Oh. And here's a little bit more history in the house. From 1869 to 1871, it was a gathering place for the entire San Diego community. So it was a general store and it was also many other things. So one of the other things it was, it was the first commercial theater in Southern California. That's in San right. Diego. They were saying that yesterday. Yes. And we got to go to the theater. That was so cool yeah it was really cool but it, wouldn't it be awkward i was when we were there to have people walking up i guess that the lower area wasn't their housing right at that time yes so downstairs was just the store the store also the, the courthouse court. yes which, which you're gonna get the other to, right? thing yes so it was the county courthouse and it was a general store so the you wouldn't be walking up somebody's house to get to the theater then it Back well, then. yes, you would because the second floor is where the family rooms were. Right. But just like the lower area, you wouldn't be seeing housing. It, it would feel like an actual. Yes. OK. So when you walk in, it's really interesting because when you walk in to the house and you go up the stairs, right off the stairs when you walk straight in is where the theater is. Mm -hmm. So it is upstairs where the family bedrooms are. Right. And it's right across the hall from the master bedroom and right next to the nursery. Wouldn't that be so awkward having that interesting? people walking into your house to see the theater. And even when we were in that general store area, I still felt like it was a house to me. It didn't feel like a store. I don't know. Maybe that was just the comfort of, of how it, you know, the ease of it. But yes, yeah, it was it was different. So it's a really interesting house. Yeah. And for how much that house functioned, like all the different things that that functioned for that house and how many people were in and out of that house. It and feels to maintain really, six kids. Right. And it feels very small. It does. It felt really small. 
So it's it's interesting to see how they lived and what the ideas of a grand house were right back in those days. So it also became the focal point in a battle between if San Diego was going to be more focused on the old town or if it was going to be focused on the new town because mm-hmm. they were building away from that. We'll talk about that more in just a little bit when we talk more about the family. Okay. In 1890, Thomas Whaley passed away in their new home on State Street. Aww. So he had moved out of their, their family home okay. for various reasons, but he, he didn't pass away in that home, although his presence is still in that home. Because that was probably more tied to. Yes. Okay. And the Whaley house sat abandoned and in disrepair for 20 years until Francis Whaley, the oldest son, decided to move back in 1909. Okay. So when Thomas mm-hmm. passed away, the house sat abandoned for 20 years. And then... Aww. And then his son decided to move back. So no one occupied that for 20 years? Yes. Oh, that poor house. Yes. So Francis decided to come back and restore the house, and he used it to entertain guests. So he would entertain guests on his guitar and tell stories about the house until he passed away in 1913. Wow. Anna Whaley passed away a year after that in the house. And there have been other family passings that happened in that house as well. Some of them of not so great things and some of them of natural natural causes. So let's talk about more about the property because there's some interesting facts about the property that make it paranormal. Yes. Okay. Probably the most interesting fact to me Mm -hmm. is where the house stands. Yes. So the house was built on former execution grounds. Ah! So the city of San Diego used to use that space to execute criminals. Oh, gosh. Gee, that's not a tainted land. Right? <laughs> so here's here's an interesting fact about that. Thomas Whaley knew that that's what they were using. And he was still cool with it. For. Yes. I think he probably picked it up as a bargain and was like, yep, oh, I'm going okay. to buy this place. Cheap. He actually attended the last public execution oh. on those grounds. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to talk about that. Okay. Yankee Jim Robinson was executed. He was the last man executed there for stealing a boat. He stole a boat, and he was executed for it. Don't steal boats, people. Don't now, steal boats. question. Yes. I don't know if you did research on this. Why is it Yankee Jim? Uh, he was probably from the north. Oh. I'm not sure how he got the name Yankee, <laughs> but that's what they called him, Yankee Jim. That was his actual name? Yes. Okay. Yankee Jim. Yankee Jim. All right. Um, Yankee Jim. But yeah, don't steal boats. Yes. And Thomas Whaley was there at the execution. That's pretty, that's pretty messed up to be executed for, like, I know theft is not you know and stealing a boat yeah you won't do that but to hang somebody yes for just stealing like he didn't take a life he just took a boat he was like hey that boat looks fun i feel like that was a little extreme right that's that's what he was executed for okay and so some other interesting things about his execution Uh oh i know thomas whaley not only witnessed it but he kind of mocked it oh no apparently yankee jim was very tall for the time he stood Mm -hmm. about six two six three and they mismeasured the rope and so it was a particularly gruesome execution Ooh. because he he didn't die right away right <laughs> so it, it wasn't that great but thomas whaley very purposefully built an archway in his parlor mm-hmm. in the spot where yankee jim was hung why would you do that 
and he I don't know that's really morbid it is really morbid but he did believe that Yankee Jim mm-hmm. haunted him and you could hear heavy footsteps on the stairs Yankee <gasps> Jim walks on the stairs and trods them and he Thomas Whaley heard those footsteps quite often mm-hmm. and it is said that if you stand too long in the archway mm-hmm. in the parlor which we were standing in last we night were. you can feel that aggression from Yankee Jim and you can feel him wanting to get you out of there. That's a space. Yes, that's his space. Oh my gosh. Did you feel anything last night? I didn't feel any of that aggression. Okay. And I felt very little. You felt a little more than I did, which we'll talk about in a yes. little bit. But I did feel a couple of times I did feel lightheaded. And and they attribute that feeling to Mrs. Whaley or Anna Whaley. She's the one that, that causes you to feel lightheaded mm-hmm. and a little bit dizzy, which I did feel those at different points in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't super strong. You felt something more than I did. So but we'll talk about who did that to you okay. <laughs> in a little bit. Other things that, that happened in the house, I mentioned this a little bit ago, but Thomas, their baby, passed away at 18 months old oh, of scarlet fever. So and that was sad. very devastating for the family yes. um, when that happened. They just moved into that house. They weren't there for very long when he passed. Oh. Right after that, That's there hard. was a fire in the general store in the house. So it's the second... Arson. Arson. Man. Or do you think or, it was an arson? I or? don't know if it was an arson, but okay. it was the second fire that, that broke just out. following in their, them along, yeah. Right? In their general stores. So at that point, after that happened, Happened, they moved so they moved out of that house and moved back up to San Francisco for a Did time they really I didn't yes. know that wait so Thomas he died of scarlet fever what number child was that Thomas was number two okay he was a second born son got it and so he died of scarlet fever they moved back to San Francisco and had the rest of their their kids and then they returned back to San Diego in 1869 or 1868. I'm sorry. Okay. With all five of their kids. So they left to San Francisco and then they came back. And, and I think there was another series of unfortunate events that plagued them in San Francisco. Which oh, geez. Them Following to, them. Right. So Maybe it's because they built the house on bad ground. I, maybe. Maybe. Just followed bad that. Bad juju yeah. following them yep. around. So it caused them to, they moved back to San Diego in 1869 with all five of their children. In 1871, when Thomas was away on business, a group of armed men came and held (gasps) Anna at gunpoint. What? To seize the courthouse records. So this was during when the battle was happening of whether Old Town was going to be the stronghold of San Diego or New Town. So they were trying to decide where the county records should be held. And Thomas very adamantly said the the records need to stay here Mm -hmm. in Old Town at the courthouse, which was also his residence, right? So a group of armed men, when Thomas was away, came and seized all the documents and took them to New Town and held Anna at gunpoint. Just to take them to New Town. Right. That's how heated the battle got. Wow. And that's how important the Whaley House was over the battlegrounds of Old Town versus New Town because they held the records and Thomas was very adamant that they should stay there. Which is, I think, a good thing. It's a very historical landmark. It's a, in that Old Town is it's the founding place. Right, right. So 
why would you want to just power struggle, baby? Man, that's <laughs> right? so sad, right? So one of the more tragic events that happened, this is interesting, and I, I want to talk about a story that that happened to us last night when um, before we went on our tour of the Whaley House. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Violet, who mm-hmm. is the second youngest daughter. Okay. So at age 19, she got married to a man named George Bertolacci. Hmm. There were issues with the marriage really early on. He admitted to cheating and <gasps> having a, an illegitimate daughter, right? That's right. So we learned that last night. Yeah. So he admitted to cheating and having another daughter and having lots of debts. Yep. And losing all Stand of his money guy, to huh? another woman right before he married her. Mm-hmm. And then he asked Violet to give him two to four years to get his life back together and then they can be together and he sent this all in a letter two months into their marriage i think right before valentine's day who does that right oh it's so terrible and so violet was very dejected because she was a new bride she was a young bride Mm -hmm. she really wanted to make this marriage work Mm -hmm. she came from a very prominent family in san diego and Mm -hmm. so she didn't know what to do so she returned home and the Whaley's didn't want their family to be associated with a man like George because he was going to bring their family down. The so family they, name. The family name. So they made her divorce him. It's Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so she had to divorce him, which was very shameful and disgraceful. Yeah, you you don't, couldn't do it back then. Right. That's so crazy. So Violet was very hurt and dejected. Oh, he was also a drunk, too. That was On top bit, of everything yes. else. Well, yeah, that kind of goes hand in hand, I feel like. Right. With all the lying and the cheating. Yep. And, yes. So He didn't steal a boat, though. <laughs> no, he didn't <laughs> steal a boat. Not to, not to my knowledge. Nope. So Violet was forced to divorce him, and then she became very distraught and depressed mm-hmm. and upset. And she was said to sit for hours in her parents' bedroom and just stare out the window. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say they, um, the mom and the, the sister basically put her on house arrest, right? They, she couldn't leave? Or is that, am I getting ahead of myself? Well, I think she had to stay in the house because she was a bit of an embarrassment. So I think they yeah. were trying to like lock her away. I don't think they were trying to lock her away. I think they were trying to help her get through her depression because they did send doctors to try to help her. And she said, no doctors, no anything could fix me. Got it. Okay. That makes more so, sense. Yes. So I think a lot of it was her own self-isolation, but some of it was also, we're going to keep you quiet and mm-hmm. keep this kind of hush hush until everything blows over. And then we can you know, start we can working on back it. Out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she would sit for hours just staring out the window. One night she decided to try to drown herself in the cistern in the back of the property. But her father found her mm-hmm. and saved her life and brought her back in. And then a, a little while later, just a short, a few months later, mm-hmm. she found her dad's revolver and went to the outhouse and locked herself in the outhouse and shot herself in the chest. And when her father found her, she was still alive. And that was crazy. Right? Yeah. And he brought her into the house, into the parlor, and laid her down on the settee. Mm-hmm. But it was too late for the doctors to do anything for her, so she did wind up dying in his arms. Slowly dying. Yes, and he was um, trying to comfort her. Mm-hmm. So her spirit haunts the house. 
And yes. it is said that Violet, you will see her mm-hmm. in the window of the master bedroom. She lingers around on the second floor and you often feel cold presence or a sad presence when you're around Violet. So here's my little Violet story. Before we went on the tour, we were taking pictures of the exterior of the house and we were standing in the back of the house next to where the outhouse was. We mm-hmm. didn't know that that's where that was, but nope. that's where we were standing. And we were looking up at the at the second floor and there are three windows on the second floor. The middle window was open and they have this the really nice gauzy lacy curtain. Mm-hmm. And so the curtain was kind of fluttering in the breeze and we and we thought that looked cool. So we were trying to take a picture of it and mm-hmm. it stopped. There yep. was it was dead. It was dead. There was no fluttering. And so I asked Violet, I was like, Violet, can you please blow on the curtain and make it flutter? When I asked her to do that, the curtain did billow start out flo- and yep. start fluttering again. That was so cool. So that was cool. So I was like, oh, we got to talk to Violet. And she, she said, made thank you. Yes. Angela was so sweet about it. So, um. I thought that was really cool. Yes. That 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 happened. Experience. Okay. Other family members also lived and died in the house, including Anna, Lillian, who is the youngest daughter, Thomas the baby, Violet died there, and Francis. So sad. All in that house. All in that house. And we learned about another baby. Yeah. Uh, the granddaughter of Anna. Oh. This one was so sad. She didn't die on property, but they do believe that her presence haunts Mm -hmm. the property. And her name was Mm Marion. And she found a bottle in the yard. She lived in Oceanside, which isn't that far. It's just kind of northern San Diego. Yeah, Yeah. So she found a bottle of something in her yard and the the bottle cap rattled and it made a cool sound and then she opened it up and inside was a very sweet sticky, um, liquid. sticky liquid and it tasted like candy to her so she started eating it and it wound up being Kellogg's ant paste <laughs> which is laced with arsenic yes and so she died a very horrible death she Tragic. had fevers and and arsenic poisoning yeah before she died was about, three right? before she was three a couple weeks before her third so birthday so sad so she did a lot of growing up in the house and visiting mm-hmm. the house when she was little. And so they do believe that she haunts the house as well as Thomas, the 18 month old, mm. also haunts the house. And you can often hear children running around, scampering around, mm-hmm. giggling. Our tour guide told us that Marion will grab your hand, grab your little fingers and, mm-hmm. and try to lead you around the house as well. So you'll hear baby cries and giggles and tiny little footsteps from baby Thomas and from Marion. That's so sad. Yeah. Thomas is also said to haunt the Whaley house. So Thomas is often seen on the front porch oh that's right dressed in a coat and top hat and he's also often seen at the top of the stairs we were told that his presence is very domineering Mm -hmm. and he looks over your shoulder and can make you feel very uncomfortable and intimidating Mm -hmm. but he's not malicious it's just his house and so he wants to make sure that you understand that it's his house and these are his rules and you need to be respectful did the tour guide remember she was telling us a story about a a a tall figure behind her do you think that that was her only kind of experience do you think that was thomas that could have been thomas it could have been yankee Yankee jim Jim. yeah 
or it could have been another spirit. Uh oh. Right. So remember how I mentioned that there was a theater. Yes. The, house, the theater at the top of the stairs. The cool little theater that slants. Yes. So <laughs> another ghost who haunts upstairs. And this is who Nicole, I believe Nicole had her experience with. She thinks. I don't know. Yes. I have no idea. It, it, yeah. We don't know. We but don't know who it was. Speculation. But Thomas Tanner was the head of the acting troupe that came and put on plays in the theater at the Whaley House. Mm -hmm. And two weeks into the run of the show, right? I think it was two weeks into the run of the show. Mm -hmm. um, Thomas Tanner died of consumption at the Whaley House. Ugh. Right. And he's buried in a cemetery just a couple blocks away, which we checked which out. Which we also visited. That was so cool. And uh, Yankee Jim is also there yes. at that cemetery. So Thomas Tanner was said to be a very grabby man. This is the best way to say he it. He loves his women. He loved his women. And he was not shy about groping them and grabbing them. Which that's happened in the house sometimes, right? People, yes, women feel women that. women feel touched. Yeah. They'll feel a hand around the small of their back. Mm -hmm. Or they'll feel a little tug or a little grope. Yes. Um, Nicole got tugged. Yeah, we were walking away from the Whaley house. We were about to go back to her hotel when my skirt, I'm wearing a very flowy skirt, but the wind wasn't blowing hard. No, the wind was barely yeah. there. And all of a sudden, I felt my skirt being tugged towards the Whaley house. Mm -hmm. And I turned because I thought someone was there. She she did turn. I was standing next yeah. to her. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. I looked and there's no one there. And I said, Angela, my skirt just got tugged. And it was weird because it felt like it didn't feel like the wind. It felt like my skirt was being pulled. Yeah. It was definitely enough to make her turn. Yeah, I wouldn't and it have, was a yeah. very honest yeah. reaction. Nicole I really thought someone was there. There's people walking drunk, people walking out. And there's like homeless people out. Yeah. So the interesting thing about where the Whaley House is, it really is in the middle of Old Town. Middle. There's bars right next Everywhere. door. We had a margarita right next we to did. the Whaley House. Yep. <laughs> uh, we had so much time waiting. We had a margarita right before. Yep. But yeah, it was just um, and there's yeah, there's it's it's. You know, it was it what ten o'clock at night? Yeah, People it's a it's out. a busy street. Mm -hmm. It's Friday night, mm -hmm. so I really assumed that somebody kind of just accidentally like pulled my skirt. Where they're walk but no one was walking by. I looked, it freaked me out. So yeah, yeah. so I had we a weird on our own. experience after after hours. So yes. that was really cool. A little creepy. little creepy. So other things that people experience at the Whaley House is that sometimes people will smell Anna's French perfume. Mm. She's said to hang out a lot in the parlor. And you can also hear her play the pipe organ. They're a very musical family. I wish I would have remembered that and we could have just sung because oh, we're musical as well. That would have been well. so cool. Yeah, given a little concert at the Whaley House to see if we could invite anybody yeah. to come out. It was crowded, though. Our tour had a crowded. lot of people on it. Yes. So it was hard hard to, to get any kind of sense of anything but yes but it was still fun to do yes and then there's also mists flickering lights the lights were hard the lights were they did that on purpose set to flicker yeah so, that's yeah. hard to tell that that one's hard to tell but swing crystals on the lamp they'll just which i could that's Okay, so my experience in there is telling Angela, I was sweating like crazy because there's no air, there's no AC. Mm -hmm. It's an old house, right? They're not going to have AC built. They have fans going here and there, but the fans are really light. Mm -hmm. So 
if if something's swaying in there, that would totally get my attention because there's just no wind. Like yeah, there's that there's, one window. There's nothing stirring that, really in yeah. the house. My experience was just when I went up the stairs. I, I went up the stairs first. I was the first one in the group. Oh, to she go up. she like bolted up the stairs. <laughs> I was excited. She was very excited. So I went up the stairs first, and I felt it when I got to the top of the stairs. I started to feel that lightheaded, dizzy, woozy mm-hmm. kind of feeling. It definitely was an energy shift at the top of the stairs when I walked in to that part of the house. I didn't feel anything before that. So we started the tour in the courthouse. And the courthouse has said, because a lot of things went down, a lot, a lot of, of lives, energy, a lot of energy in the yeah. courthouse. And there's a spot in the jury box that is said to kind of be a portal or to have energy shift. And a lot mm-hmm. of people do feel nauseated and just not well mm-hmm. in the courthouse. I felt fine in the courthouse. I was sweaty. You were sweating in the courthouse? <laughs> I was sweaty. I couldn't stop sweating in there. Oh, you guys, a funny thing that happened in the courthouse. That's where the tour began. So our guide is, you know, trying to get us in the mood and then, you know, get mm-hmm. going for, you know, discovering what we might feel or find in the house. And we stand up to exit to go into the general store. And Nicole forgot that her phone was on her lap. I was juggling a million things. I had my recording system I was trying to use. My phone was on my lap. My purse was there. I had my sweater. Oh, it was so funny. And then so she stood up and her phone made the hugest, loudest bang. Oh, it was so loud. And so it scared our tour guide. It scared her so much. And she was like, oh, she's like, don't scare the tour guide. <laughs> It was so funny. She maybe opened the door to the next room because of that. Yes. It's like, is something going to jump out at me? It scared me. But Oh, it was perfect. It was so good. And then in the next room, somebody else dropped their phone. Yes. That was so funny. But no, it was it was good. So, yes, that was my experience when I went upstairs. I started to feel that it was the air was definitely different. And it was a lot thicker. And I felt that lightheadedness and I felt a little kind of off. I didn't really see anything that was off-putting. No. And I don't think we really captured anything. You did capture we, an orb outside of the... Yeah, Angela claims it's an orb. I have no idea. There's a weird spot of right above the Whaley house. I took lots of pictures of the Whaley house in the back. But one picture in particular has this kind of creepy little, little like light in it doesn't look like a light reflection i have some of those yes. we do we both yeah, do we both have light refre- reflection but this one just is like a very specific weird shaped light at the, at the top of the whaley house mm-hmm. which is crazy I'll, I'll share the picture but yeah you can speculate or you can think it's a light i don't know <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of neat yeah we don't know what it was there were no lights above the whaley no, house they were all over around yes. in other areas but not directly above the whaley house yeah so we don't know what it is and and it showed up in the picture yes i don't remember seeing any kind of lights no when we were no not at there. all there so that that was interesting that was fun yeah yeah but i overall at the house i felt very peaceful i didn't feel like anything was yeah malevolent or well scary. she said that she yeah. said that the ghosts here aren't trying to hurt us or scare us or anything they're just there right they're just right. Res- residual energy i think yes yeah yeah so it was very pleasant so yeah. i recommend if you guys come to san diego go check out the whaley house yes it was a good time yeah 
It was a really neat tour guide tour. was great. She was really wonderful. And it's interesting to see what a house from the mid eighteen hundreds. Yes, in San Diego though. And how it ran. Yeah, and, yeah. And so, how it was part house, part everything else. So yes. theater courtyard. The or, theater. So one more thing about the theater. They said on opening night in the theater that they had 150 people in attendance to yes. see the, the show that they were putting on, which there were about 22, 23 mm-hmm. of us in that room. And it was already and it was crowded. Packed. Yeah. So I can't even imagine. Standing room only. Yes. Ugh, up against everybody. Oh. But, you know, they didn't have televisions back then. Yes. <laughs> no entertainment. So that was probably really cool for them. Yeah. My social anxiety kicking in <laughs> at that point. Like, no. I'm getting out of here. Yes. <laughs> See you later. Yes. So that's the Whaley House. That is awesome, Angela. Great research. Yay. That's so cool. And I'm so glad we got to do that tour. Yes, me too. All right. Well, it's time for movie time. Woo. Woo. All right. Our movie review this week is a trend. The Curse of La Llorona. La, 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 Llorona. <laughs> Sorry. We kept singing that the <laughs> whole time. Stop getting out of my head. All right. So it was released in, in 2019 on IMDb. It got 5.2 stars. And the synopsis is, ignoring the eerie warning of a troubled mother suspected of child endangerment. A social worker and her own small kids are soon drawn into a frightening supernatural realm. Now, the director is Michael Chavez, but producer, this is our, our theme, our trend, is one of them is James, James Wan. Wan. We so, love James Wan. I don't know why we can't get away from him. He's amazing. But, um, but yeah, so thoughts, Angela? So I liked this one. I thought it was mm, maybe my favorite one so far. That really? Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. it because of the theme uh, or storytelling? I think it's the acting. Okay. And I think the storytelling and yeah, it's kind of everything. A little mix. But I didn't find myself as upset with the main characters <laughs> as I usually am. So in there's the other no movies. there's no deadbeat dad, but there's a dead there's dad. A dead dad. <laughs> So it's a little more manageable, right? Linda Cardellini. I love her. She's amazing. Yes. I love her too. Since Freaks and Geeks, I've loved her. Velma. So yes, Velma. She's so, great. Yeah. So she was great. She was not annoying at all. No, um, she played a really good, like, believable widowed mom. Yes. It was very, it was, it was believable. The actions of the kids, you could understand why they were acting the way that she did. You can understand why she did what she did. Yes. I found myself not questioning her and her motives. Like we have have with all of the other parents. (laughs) We first were like, how is she living in this big house? And they're like, oh, it's because she's a widow. That makes way, Los Angeles in 1973, right? Los Angeles in 1973. They live in a big, beautiful craftsman with Mm -hmm. a pool. Okay. So a couple things that I found annoying is that it was raining so much. Yeah, when does it it rain in LA? It doesn't (laughs) rain here. It doesn't rain in Los Angeles. Like once in a blue moon. Yeah. So it was like, a, yeah, it was I'm like, well, that's a stretch. Yeah. It doesn't rain that much. And then again, the the big house and she's a social worker mm-hmm. and her husband was a cop. Mm-hmm. But I guess with his pension, 
I, I don't know. Yeah, I think when out, when it's when someone is, um, I want to say killed, but you know, uh, on, on duty, I'm sure they're killed are, in the line of duty. Yes, is, yeah. I'm guessing that um, your your retirement from that is going to be big. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, obviously. Um, but yeah, the the whole story, which I'm sure at some point in an, a podcast will cover La Llorona. Yes. So we won't go into too many. And you, I'm sure everybody knows a little bit about her. Um, but it was creepy, right? The, yes. There was a lot of jump scares. A lot of jump scares. Mm-hmm. I was constantly going, ah! <laughs> so this is the first time we've actually sat together to yeah. watch a movie. So Nicole got to witness firsthand what I do. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. All she time. saw me jump, too, though. Yeah. <laughs> Cover my I'm face. Like, You've seen this. What are you doing? <laughs> Still, I haven't seen. I mean, 2019. So I saw, I think, probably 2020, I think, mm-hmm. when it was finally released on, on streaming. But, right. But yeah, it was uh, whenever she she appeared, she's creepy. That was they did a really good job. They with did her. a really good job with La Llorona yeah. and and telling her story. Mm-hmm. And there was a little nod to Annabelle, which made us go, oh, James Wan. OK, we get the connection because yes. they used the same Annabelle that they used in The Conjuring. Right. Because so. the priest was going back and explaining um, mm-hmm. his his. Uh, what was it like his experience with the doll right and mm-hmm. oh how some things you can't believe and some things you can because right. he experienced it firsthand right but yeah it was uh the jump scares that the, the actual just storyline of it moved really well right yes yeah it made it more believable and the fact that they had this ex-priest help them I, that was their kind of little comic relief i think right yes he was very funny he was really good and <laughs> yeah. he, i was i think he was a really good character and he was a really good actor yeah what did he say at the end that made oh. me laugh oh because he was doing like a magic so they were at one point they had to go around the house and they would rub eggs on things to, and then if you crack it and it was really dark that means there's more evil present in your house. Yes. So she didn't believe him. So it cracked. It was black. He goes, ta-da. Ta-da. Yeah. So at the end, when, you know, spoiler alert, they finally beat La Llorona and yeah. everything happens, he goes, ta-da. ta-da. <laughs> and it made us laugh so hard. So it was good. It was it was placed really well. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, overall, you know, it was, it was a, it, I thought it was pretty good too. Maybe not as, as great as I think what you I don't know why it wasn't. I think it was just because the main the main characters didn't annoy you and annoy me. <laughs> and I liked how another character who was the mother of of the case that she was working right came back in the end, and she played a, a villainous part too. So anytime mm-hmm. that you mix natural villainy mm-hmm. with supernatural villainy, I enjoy that. I can see that. Because it just shows the human element of mm-hmm. the supernatural element, and mm-hmm. then they come together. So that was really interesting to see that. And the heartstrings, right? Because she was really wanting her kids. She back. wanted her kids back. She wasn't. She didn't do anything wrong. She was actually trying to protect them. She was trying to protect her That's kids so sad, from yeah. La Llorona. So you can understand her frustration and her heartbreak mm-hmm. with her caseworker Anna, mm-hmm. Linda, and so you could see how she came to be involved in the way that she was with La Llorona and mm-hmm. that and, was good yeah, yeah that was it was good all right well how many stitches would you give this movie I liked it I would say seven and a half seven and three quarters really yeah the way you talked about it I thought you'd give it higher 
Oh, really? You thought yeah. I was going to go full 10? No, 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 no. It wasn't <laughs> like amazing. No, yet. I thought you would give it maybe an eight or nine. An eight or nine. Yeah. Because well, I'm gave... definitely higher than, than the five that IMDb gives it. Yeah. No, I don't think it deserves a five, too, I think. I think I would probably give it maybe a six and a half out of 10. Okay. Because it was enjoyable, but it wasn't, um, I don't know. There was something about it that just as a horror movie didn't get me as much, like, like I can sleep at night, you know, like, oh, okay. Like, oh, it's not going to stay in your brain. Yes. Yeah. yeah there, again, though, the acting was great. Like you said, the, the whole storyline was good. There was a lot of good things, but overall just kind of like was like a, a good background movie for me, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did fall asleep during it last night. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had to break this up in two parts. Yeah. Angela was very tired last night. Then yeah. that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'd give it a six and a half stitches. Okay. You know, next movie, I'm going to try to get away from James Wan so that <laughs> we can give that. a different t- style of cinematography. I didn't know. It came to my mind. I was like, oh, let's watch this. And then I was like, oh, of course, it's a James Wan. So. Yeah. You definitely have a style. I do. The type that you go for. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're beautifully shot. It was very beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. And I something about drowning gets me Mm. i that's a a fear for me so i think that's another reason why it was ranked high yeah because there were definitely times where i was like why are you in the tub why are you alone like yeah that that bothered me that she left her kids alone yeah that was weird yeah she would (laughs) when the end when they're trying to fight her and she's trying to get her doll like she was gone for like what a good five minutes or so. Yeah, you wouldn't leave your when they're you're battling some crazy. If I'm evil battling thing, an evil supernatural being, my kids are glued to yes, my side. Would I would not let them out them. of my sight. Yeah. So how did she get to do that? All that that was crazy. That was nonsense to me. But I know that would wouldn't be a movie. I guess if that didn't happen. So yeah, you know. it was for storytelling. <laughs> totally. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining. And we know what? Thank you guys and gals and thems and theys. I always forget. I'm so sorry that we just are so used to saying guys. I noticed that. Yeah. Well, it's a California thing. California thing. You use dude and guys for everything. Everything. Mm -hmm. But we really mean everybody. Everybody. We are so happy to have you uh, listening to us. And hopefully you return. Yes. And see you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers.